Welcome to Worship Call with Bible teacher Buzz Lawback. Buzz is the pastor of Grace Chapel Bible Ministries located in Duncan, South Carolina. This ministry is dedicated to the verse-by-verse teaching of God's Word and discipleship programs aimed at strengthening the faith of God's people. Now here's today's message. Jesus wanted so much to uh, bring his people together, to regather his people throughout all of history, uh, or from the time of the dispersion, with the destruction of the temple in the past, and people were dispersed, and with divine discipline and everything else, that um, that people that the people were gathered were out throughout the land, and so Jesus expresses his desire that so many times he wanted to gather them like uh, gather them together like a hen would gather his chicks. And uh, but was one unwilling to do so. Well, why doesn't he? And why does a loving God cast his creatures into the lake of fire? Which is also another related question. You see, freedom comes with great responsibility. God has given us a freedom. And that freedom gives us, uh, it's a wonderful gift. Free will is a wonderful gift because it allows us to give to God something that God does not take for himself. And that is our love, a reciprocal love back to him expressed in our obedience. But with that great responsibility, there is, or great, with that great uh, gift of love and free will, there comes responsibility. And um, freedom, and there it will be consequences for the way that we operate in regard to our God-given freedom. This is the sixth day in God's created order. The 26th day of January, 2024, year of our Lord. And this is another fine day in the Lord. Let's turn to our Lord in prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity to once again meet together. Thank you for the means of doing it. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for the for uh, my brother and and the reestablishment of our our get together in the morning. As you've you've got his internet working back together again, that we can meet together. I thank you for that. And I pray, Heavenly Father, to open our hearts this morning to your word, guide the speaker, and guide the listener as we continue to grow in grace. In the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. And uh, we are in Matthew chapter 23. And we'll start with, come back to 37 actually. We started yesterday on it. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. And this is the words of Jesus. And uh, he's lamenting now. He, he turns his attention to the nation Away from the leadership, he gives the woes to the leadership. They uh, they are held with great responsibility. Uh, they they are leaders, and um, and while they were to lead the people into a um, a positive walk and an expectation of the Lord and prepare their spiritual life, nonetheless, they led them in a different direction. And so he gives them the woes and he turns his attention back to the nation itself. And he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, uh, who kills the prophets and who stones those who sent 
to her. How often have I wanted to gather you, your children together, the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were unwilling. And um, the the children of uh, Jerusalem are the the occupants, the the um, not the, just the occupants, but they are the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And there is individual accountability before God. There, and where there is also individual accountability, there's national accountability. As goes the believer, or as goes the uh, yes, as goes the believer, so goes the nation. So God is dealing with the nation, um, the people, uh, people that. They're the apple of God's eyes, Zechariah 2 8, in his actual translation is that they are the pupil, the center of God's focus. So don't let, and don't let the slightest uh, hint of anti-Semitism come enter into your thinking. Whether it's from a pulpit or where false doctrine is being taught, where there is places where they're talking about replacement theology, where where the church has taken the place of Israel, no, 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 no. Because what God, what Jesus expresses, is what God expresses, which is in Jerusalem, uh, that His desire is to bring together and to regather Israel uh, together. And at what God purposes, He intends to come to. It's uh, tuition. So yes, there's stiff-necked people. Uh, more so, and if you study, if you do the least bit of study, uh, you'll see how stiff-necked they are. Yes, they did t- kill the prophets. And they did worse than that. Listen, these people sacrificed their own babies on the fire to Baal. And... Um, and they are a, 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 such a despicable historical people that you even scratch your head. You wonder why didn't God just crush them like bugs and just be done with it. Like he told Moses that he was going to wipe them out and, and start again. It's not about the people, ladies and gentlemen. It's about the promises of God. It's about the covenant that God made with Abraham, which is an unconditional covenant. Read chapter 15, and as you read it, uh, Genesis chapter 15, and you see that uh, that Abraham lays out those sacrifices as God says to do so, as they are going to make a covenant. And and when the two hold hands and go through that those sacrifices... How many go through those sacrifices? Because generally, in making a covenant, they would hold hands and they would go through the the um, the split the animal sacrifices, and it was and with a and it was an expression that whoever breaks this covenant may whatever happened to these creatures happen to them. And then you go through there, night fell and. How many went through those sacrifices? Only one. And that was the Lord. And it was, you see, an unconditional covenant. There is no if. 
that God blesses on the basis and, and fulfills the covenant on the basis of who and what he is on his own integrity. So the church body, all to, uh, the church body is, is the church. There's two entities. There's the church and there's Israel. The church did not take the place of Israel. And Israel is not the church. So the, once again, those promises do not depend upon, um, the obedience of the people, but upon the faithfulness of God. Um, that in itself should be a relief to, to all of us, to us as believers. Because we cannot lose our salvation. There are those that will say that you can lose your salvation. And I have you to know, if you are born again, you cannot become unborn. When you are adopted into your family, there's nothing in the scripture to say that you can be unadopted as a royal family member. Um, our salvation is, uh, we didn't do anything for it, and we cannot do anything to lose it. Can we be as decadent as the people of Israel? Yes, we can. Can we look like unbelievers, smell like unbelievers, act like unbelievers, act like this world? Yes, we can. But that is not a license and that is not opening up to the point, uh, opening up to our own arrogance and say, well, by the grace of God, I'm saved and I can do anything I want and still go to heaven. Well, yes, you can still go to heaven. But let me tell you, there is consequences in this life. God is still sovereign. And he has a way of disciplining his children. And to take his children across the um, the coals of discipline. Just as he is a father. Read Hebrews. It talks about the discipline. That we are not illegitimate uh, children. Yes, there's going to be some that's going to wake up in heaven. And they're going to be absolutely surprised that they are there. But they will be also a test of how miserable that this life was. Um, that they went through. Read Jacob. When you go to the, to the account of Jacob, Jacob essentially lived a miserable life. He was a God's man. But his life was miserable. Jacob living uh, according to his own devices. And many of us as Christians do the same thing. But there are there comes individual accountability, discipline, and there are, there is also... As goes the believer, so goes the nation. There is also national dis- discipline. So God cannot deny himself. God is accountable to his own word. And when it was, and when it's on the basis of what God did and upon the promise of God, we cannot lose our salvation any more than Israel can stop being the apple of God's eye. The Lord is deal, still dealing with Israel. So with that said, and the coming to know that we are all graced out, if we think that we get a free ticket, um, it's wrong. But God can discipline His people. And though He disciplines us, we are still His people. We are still His the body of Christ. And Israel is still Israel. So discipline of God does not mean that he is done with us. 
nor does it mean that he's done with his people Israel. So here Jesus laments. He says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Remember his, and, and this is, is an anguish. He's pouring out his heart. Who kills the prophets, who stones those who sent to her. A prophet in the Old Testament, a prophet is one who speaks for God. And the prophets in the Old Testament were like lawyers. That they were the ones who, um, who held the contract, per se. A covenant is a contract between two, two um, persons. God is the party of the first part. Israel is the party of the second part. And the Bible is a testament of the faithfulness of God. The, the Hebrew canon is the testament of God's faithfulness. And when, they, when the people would venture outside of the boundaries of that covenant, then the prophets would be sent in in order to advise the people. Grace before judgment. God warns them. He just, God just doesn't sit up in the heaven and ready to drop down a lightning bolt upon those who displeases them. The prophets would go in and they would, they would say, thus says the Lord. And it began, so they, it was a warning. It was a shot across the bow. He would, so essentially, God would send in his lawyers. And what did they do? They killed him. Um, they, though they called for repentance, the people would have nothing to do with it. They rejected the word of the Lord. They rejected the prophets. And they killed the prophets. And as a result, discipline would come. You see, grace, the grace commodity of time, gives us the opportunity to adjust to the just of God before the just of God adjusts to us. This is so important. Another reason why we are... See, the grace of God covers us as we are are young believers. When we first come into the fold, we know just enough. Bible doc, we know just enough to know that we are saved. That Jesus Christ provided eternal life for us those that trust in Him for it. We believed in Christ. We walked through that door of salvation. And we are, and we are graced at that point. And Peter says, grow in grace in the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There's a grace hedge around us. But that grace isn't there just for us to, to get away and do anything that we want and get away with it. But that grace gives us the time and the revelation to know our God, to know the boundaries, to, to grow in our knowledge and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and the trust in the Father. So the, um, so the term, uh, the diaspora, Jews of the diaspora, speaks of the uh, the dispersion of the Jews because of the discipline. Um, A.D. 70 was a result that they set aside the, the yearly Sabbath. Um, the, the land was supposed to rest for, for um, every six years. And so they, they disregarded that. 
and they said we could make more money if we if we just went ahead and had a seven year work cycle rather than a six year work cycle. Well, they were disciplined for that, and as a result, they they were dispersed out of land for seventy years. God wanted to get that get that back, and He dispersed them throughout the. So they owe these people owe um, God the seventy years back, so that land could rest, and that land became desolate. So there's a lot more to cover that. I don't want to get into the uh, rabbit trail on that. But just the idea that the Jews being dispersed, they were um, Assyria, first of all, the northern kingdom, those ten tribes, north kingdom, Assyria came and they displaced the people. They took the people from the land and they they dispersed them out throughout other other nations. And um, then um, later Babylon came in, Nebuchadnezzar, once again. Uh, and the, the or the southern kingdom was dispersed. So in the time of Jesus, the Jews, for many Jews were still through, and this historical, now at this point in the time of Jesus, Jews were dispersed throughout the land, throughout other nations. And to, and to be compliant with the law of God, they, they would have to travel, some of them great distances, three times a year to come back and to, Celebrate the feast at the temple as per the law said that they were to do. They lived outside the land. And Jesus says to them, how often? And they're dispersed out through. And Jesus said, how often have, have I wanted to gather your children together? The way a hen gathered her chicks under her wings and you were unwilling. Now this, is this just during the Three years of his ministry that he wanted so much to regather him? Or was it the 33 or the 30, 30 some odd years that he lived on this earth? Now this takes us back historically. Again, Jesus here says that he is, um, he is the pre-existent God. That Jesus, that, and Jesus Christ controls history. Not only now, not only in in um, in the time of Jesus on this earth, but um, he is the pre-incarnate God who controls history. And this is interesting to me greatly, because there was a desire that he wanted this. Can we deny God from from acquiring something that he wants? Uh, maybe not indefinitely, but to post, but we can certainly postpone something that God wants. There's a desire that, that the Lord, the pre-incarnate Lord, pre-incarnate Christ wanted. His desire was to bring the people together. It's just, as, um, as Jesus says that, um, or as scripture says, that he doesn't desire any to perish, but to all to come to a saving work of Christ. It's not going to happen. There's going to be unbelievers, but his desire is for all to come to that saving work. Um, but again, mankind has, as angels do, 
has a volition, a determination of choice. And they can choose, and with that choice, they can choose to orient to who and what God is and to bow and knee to Him. And it's not just authority, but it's also love coming into the, the, coming into loving God as He loves us. And it's, we think of authority, coming under authority, coming under sovereignty as something bad. It's not. See, he says, I wish to gather you all like, uh, I wish to gather your children like a mother hen gathers her chicks. You know, it's, um, interesting when, when I remember, Michael, you remember this when, when we were, um, we were kids of vivid memory and we have, we had, um, we had chicks. We had, we had chickens, you know, or, uh, Pop up and Granny would have the chickens that were running around and sometimes you'd have the, you'd have the hen and you'd have all those little baby chicks running around and, um, and you'd have the mama hen and you'd have the chicks around spread out and they're just pecking on the ground and with a slight bit of, with a slight bit of threat or something in there, those chicks would whoosh, they would run and gather up under mama, mama chicken. And under Mama Hen, that's where they would find their comfort and safety under her wings. And this is the metaphor that Jesus is using. That um, I wanted to gather your children. Talking to Jerusalem as a nation, I wanted to gather your people um, the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. But you are unwilling. There is, again, that unwilling shows a volitional responsibility throughout history. This is Jesus talking in his in, of the past that he is a pre-incarnate Christ, that he that Jesus functioned prior to his incarnation, which means him coming to become flesh, and that he uh, that it was his desire. So it tells us that it wasn't just God being mad that dispersed the people, that it was a consequence. And remember, you can be a, you can be of God. You, you are a child of God. And you have free will. But there is volitional responsibility and there's a consequences for breaking God's law even for the believer. So those believers that want to um, mis- or misapply and abuse God's provision of grace, only thing I say is to you is to stand by, because it's not going to be good. All right. So Abraham was guaranteed. Father Abraham was guaranteed three blessings. That was the land blessing, the seed blessing. And the, uh, and the blessing itself, going back to Genesis chapter 12. And it is Abraham, when we speak of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we're dealing with the covenant, that God establishes covenant with these three patriarchs. And while these three separate blessings stand, uh, that, uh, that, that they're separate, they do stand united. They connect to each other. You can't have one without the other. And we're talking dealing with the people. 
There's the land. That land is associated with the blessing. And um, the blessing is associated with the seed, the people. All of these three blessings. Uh, Ruth. Uh, when Ruth was um, talking to Naomi, her mother-in-law, said, I'll, you know, your God will be my God. Your people will be my God. And uh, your people will be my people. And where you're... Where where you will be buried, I will be buried. She connected with the blessing of Israel, um, and that, and those three blessings. So the land belongs to God of the Jews. If this is God's country, you, you hear people talk about kid around. Oh, this is God's country. Well, the God country is Israel, and this is the land of promise to the descendants of Abraham to Isaac and to Jacob listen there is no two states and yes I'm getting political in here and I say pay attention to political because within the political thing this is what we hear this is what goes into our ear gate and we do have to bring this up there is no two state solution in Israel it's not Palestinians and Israel and that they should get together and they should love. This land belongs to Israel. The Palestinians is a misnomer that Israel, had, or that the Jews had come in and taken this land from the Palestinians, from the peaceful Palestinians and displaced them. No. Going all the way back to 1867 as, as um, Mark Twain would attest. That this was just a barren land, desolate, without any people, without, it was just a wasteland. As, as Jesus prophesied to Jeremiah, as Jeremiah prophesied, that this would be a wasteland, uh, that the Lord prophesied through the prophet Jeremiah, that this land would be left desolate. And let me see, let's, Let's go to that. Um, and that would be Jeremiah 25.10. Jeremiah 25.10. Moreover, I will take from them the voice of joy and the voice of gladness and the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride, the sound of the millstones and the light of the lamp. This whole land will be des- and be a desolation and a horror and these nations will serve the king of Babylon 70 years. That 70 come back on what we've discussed with earlier. And um, But nonetheless, this is still God's country. And with the dispersion of the people, it also, the, all, it, it took the blessing out of the land as um, all the same. Because the the again, the people, the land, and the blessing are united. Okay, when the people are the land, there was Abraham who went to great strides. He did not want to leave the land after he got secure in his faith. He did not want to leave the land, but he needed to find a bride outside of the pagan land at that time um, for his bride. To, and so he sent his servant out of the land. But Abraham himself did not go. Why? And Abraham, and then he also wanted to be buried in the land. He, uh, in the, um, the tomb of Machpelah, 
There was Abraham and Sarah buried there. There is Jacob or Isaac and Rebekah buried there in the same cave. There is Jacob and Leah. Uh, Joseph made, made, uh, made sure that he would be buried back into the land. Because this is the land of the promise. Connect it with the seed. Connect it with the blessing and the land all together. So, and with the dispersion of the people throughout the land, it is God's desire to bring the people back together. And that's going to happen. Um, and, and it's happening today, folks. It's quite the miracle that the people are back into the land. And this fulfills the, uh, the, the dry bones, uh, prophecy that we say in Zechariah. That, um, that the flesh and the sinews are going to be all put back together. The bones are going to come back to life. The bones are back to life. The people are coming back to the land. But the wind, the breath, the spirit has not yet been poured into them. That's coming. Because there's coming a day when the Lord is going to pour His Spirit upon this people and put His Word into their heart. And they will, at that point, is what God's going to do in their lives that's going to bring a great salvation to the the nation Israel that we're praying for now. And so, the sending of prophets... Was God's grace. And it is God's desire now. And as a nation goes, the nation is still, um, is still apostate, but they are still God's people, regardless of who and what they are. Not based on who they are, but based on God's own integrity. And, um, and so let's go ahead and, uh, hit Hit the rest of the verse here. Matthew twenty-three thirty-seven. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, who kills the prophets, who stones those who sent to her. How often have I wanted to gather your children together the way a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. Behold, your house is being left to be desolate. And this word desolate here, uh, under the Luanida, is pertaining to the an absence of the residents or inhabitants in a place, uninhabited and deserted. And as we said, this is what Mark Twain had observed in 1867. There wasn't no Palestinians there. This was a wasteland. And it wasn't until May uh, of 1948 that um, the resolution of... The, the UN resolution to allow the people to come and to give this people, this is their land. And being in the land today is a, uh, I would say, a beginning of a fulfillment of the prophecy. Again, the prophecy of Zechariah. They're not going to be displaced, but there is a battle for that land to this day. And so, while in time, um, the Blessing is postponed in what God is doing, but in time God is working, uh, and let's just go with this. Let's just say that what God has purposed to gathering these people together, 
His own people. It's going to happen. Because what God has purpose, He will bring to that conclusion. Father in heaven, thank you for this opportunity of fellowshipping in your word this morning. Thank you for your word that comforts us, guides us, um, strengthens us in, in our walk. I thank you, Heavenly Father. We pray for the nation Israel. We pray for its leadership. We pray for, we pray for evangelism throughout. We pray for evangelism in, in, throughout Israel, in Gaza, up to Lebanon, through Syria. We pray, Heavenly Father, for churches. We pray for evangelism. We pray for a strong revival that the people who are there can be brought into the body of Christ. That when the rapture does happen, that they won't have to suffer those, those, uh, miserable seven years of the tribulation, but will be the body of Christ at that point that's taken into heaven. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your love, your grace, your mercy. I thank you, Heavenly Father, for your, 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 your forgiveness where we have been wrong. I pray, Heavenly Father, for a good, solid, sound footing that we will continue to grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in whose name we pray. Amen. All right. We have our Sunday service coming up and um, hope you're with us on that. We are, we will be going into, um, and I'm going to try, I'm going to, I'm going to try to get through uh, and complete uh, Hebrews chapter 7. And then, um, but that's spirit guiding. And remember, we have Tuesday night. Um, prepare. We'll uh, we'll be streaming that on the website uh, www.gchapel.org. And um, our categories for our Bible challenge will be uh, well. We'll get well. We'll cover Matthew chapter one through five with an introduction. We'll have an introduction category. Hope you're with us on that. But um, so we'll see you Sunday. And until then, stay motivated, Lord. Keep your armor on. Keep fighting good fight of faith. Lord willing, spirit guide, rapture panic. We'll see you Sunday morning. Thank you for joining us. You can hear this message again, as well as previous lessons, and get notes by visiting us online at www.gchapel.org.